the end of All Thieves. That is the intro I just came up with for this episode of Video Gameography. My name is Marcus Stewart. Um, I sound nothing like Ben Reeves. It's weird, but it turns out he's still here. Uh, hello, Ben. Are you here still? And I'm Marcus Stewart. Whoa. Oh, wait. wait. Did I mess this up? I didn't. We, we didn't talk about this. We weren't switching identity. Should I be in Minnesota? Oh, we're then? not switching identities? I, no. I messed up. Do you need to come to Florida? We I <laughs> yeah. have your house. Okay. Uh, and yeah, as you've, if you're probably wondering if you listened to last week's episode on Uncharted 3, um, Ben, you announced that you're leaving. So that's why I am uh, kind of the new substitute teacher, I guess, really the permanent teacher. But, you know, yeah, you I mean, you've always been people keep referring to me as the ho- the sole host of video gameography. But you've also always been one of the hosts. We've always been co-hosts. Yeah, what uh, am I, chop liver? Yeah, what the heck? So that's why I had to bow out. I was like, look, Marcus needs his his <laughs> time in the spotlight. Yes, but I am not alone because we all we have a third here, uh, Game Informer's own Kim Wallace. How are you doing? Uh, I was going to say, and I'm Ben Reeves, but we we went through that joke already. Apparently, hello everyone. <laughs> you can do it again. <laughs> we love repeated jokes here on Video Gameography, and in case. This is your first time listening. This is our sort of video game history show where you explore an entire franchise one game at a time. We are in the middle of talking about the Uncharted series, and today we are going to be talking about perhaps the best entry in the series. It seems it's either this one or two. Yep. Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. And first and foremost, Kim, since you are our guest, uh, talk to us. What is your history with Uncharted 4? I actually wrote the cover story for this for Game Informer way back in the day. Um, so always been an Uncharted fan. Um, I go back and forth between two and four being my favorite, as we just discussed, because of the fact that I love the action sequences in two. Um, but I felt like with four, man, they just took the dialogue and relationship building to a new level in that and it's hard they got the comedy right and just everything else but um yeah so it's one of my favorite games definitely and i feel like that that fourth game is super strong for sure and you ben this is weird for me asking you this but yeah (laughs) tell me all about what you think about uncharted 4 well uh people who listen to previous episodes of the series are probably probably already know I, I it is my favorite game in the series i don't think i buried that lead at all but yeah i two is great it's definitely my probably my second favorite and going into it it had a lot to live up to where i think i was skeptical especially if you followed the development history you're aware you know amy henning who I'm, I'm a fan of her work a fan of a lot of the stuff she did uh, i was a little nervous Going into this one, I was like, okay, she's kind of left halfway through the development, and it seems like it was not a smooth departure. So I was a little nervous, like, is this still going to be good? But hey, turns out it was not only good, it was amazing. It was everything I loved about Uncharted, high-octane action, explosive set pieces, fun climbing. But then there's this extra layer of... You know, the stories have always been fun in Uncharted, but something about four, it felt like they had an extra little layer of humanity to it. The the Mm -hmm. relationships that Nate had with his brother and with Elena and Sully felt like those all kind of came to a head and they did some really 
meaningful storytelling here that I really appreciate. Right. So that's why it's my favorite. I remember on the cover story trip, they kept bringing up like with four, they really want to explore like what makes somebody like Nathan Drake, like Nathan Drake, like why does he jump into these, you know, huge adventures over and over again when he has someone like Elena and like, I remember them saying like every treasure has its cost was like the big tagline that they kept saying. Um, and they really wanted to explore like what would somebody living this lifestyle like do to your personal relationships and, and why can't like Nathan Drake ever just let it go? And I think <laughs> there was a lot of moments in this where you had to wonder like, Nate, buddy, what are you doing? And that's yeah. what I liked about it was it made you question. It wasn't just this like fun loving like I love the thrill of adventures but what makes somebody like that thrill chaser and what do they do when they don't have you know when they go to settle down and don't have that always in front of them anymore so I think it was a mm -hmm. good look at Nate and a good way to like finish his story um I really hope that oh god there's a cat in the background. We got a cat here. Climbing so. up on my chair, being Much a little... Much like Nathan Drake. Dirt. Yeah. Yeah, is like, that this cat is Drake Nathan Drake? Drake? Yeah. Holy hell. Oh, I wish you could see this, listeners. Yeah, this cat oh, is God. full on mountain climbing on Kim's <laughs> chair Well, the right ledge now. just crumbled underneath it. I told him. Like a, now he's going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, here it comes, here it comes. Oh, my God. Is Pancake wearing a half-tucked shirt? <laughs> Interesting Pancake choice. Drake. Oh my god. Oh my god, he just did oh, a leap. He did a Nathan Drake leap. Wow. He climbed up there just to do that. Yep. <laughs> okay. And well, that, Nathan Drake, everyone, right there. there <laughs> my cat. I'm glad we had that real life uncharted moment in there. <laughs> I guess to talk about my own history with this game. I remember when this was first announced. I was excited just as a base Uncharted mm -hmm. fan, but I kind of had a like some apprehension because i kind of viewed uncharted 3 as a good send-off for the series uh so it was almost like uh when the last of us 2 was announced it's like i don't know if i really need a sequel to this it seemed like they tied a bow on this what do you do and then when they announced like oh it's going to be about drake's brother that you never knew about it it felt like that like almost like a jumping the shark kind of like oh, wait he has a brother now that we've just never yeah, exactly <laughs> i remember on the cover story trip where we kept going what's up with this brother like out of nowhere what what happened there and they were being so hushed because they didn't want to spoil everything that was going on there's a lot it was more almost to a brother. almost a scrappy do situation it felt like <laughs> okay you're introducing this character that there's been no reference to in any way shape mm -hmm. or form in the last three games but this guy would be pretty important in Drake's life, theoretically. But they, I don't know, it's kind of a magic trick, right? You mm -hmm. produce this character out of nowhere, and then he just sort of fits in and and adds some extra depth to Nathan's character as well at the same time. So it was, it's, it's a magic trick that it even worked, that they were even able to pull that off. But then it's even better that he's a really interesting character in and of himself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the game went on to justify itself for sure. I enjoyed the game or not even enjoyed. It. I loved it. I think it is my favorite in the series too. You know, some of that has to do with it being a more recent game. So it just plays yeah. better overall. But I think the story, like just the pure storytelling, I think I like more than twos. Um, like you said, Cam, the, the stuff about like wondering why Drake is doing this and almost getting upset with him. Like, no, don't. There's a the thing with Naughty Dog games I'm noticing where they'll really make me question the protagonist's motives in a way that makes right? me want to reach through the screen and like 
strangled him almost uh thinking about the last of us too um but yeah i think overall i i love this game it was my game of the year for 2016 personally uh and i'm excited to talk about it with you guys yeah yeah so uh ben can you uh run through some of the uh big highlights 2016 yeah, I'd be more than happy to, Marcus. Boy, you're really putting me on the spot, though. I didn't really prepare for this. <laughs> see, Uncharted 4 released May 10th, 2016, turns out. And yeah, a couple other games of 2016 were... It's funny that you said it was your game of the year. It was mine as well. Around the Game Informer office, the game of the year was uh, was Overwatch. That was the other game that came out Oh, in I was like, was what came deal. out? And it was almost not a discussion because everybody in the office at the time was like, oh, yeah, it's Overwatch. And Andy even walked around the office like, hey, is anybody going to dispute this? And I was like, I really liked Uncharted 4. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, kind of crickets. It was like, yeah, we all like Uncharted 4, but I don't know. Overwatch is the game of the year. Uh, so it would have been nice to have some backup on on that, Marcus. Where were you? I'm, I'm sorry. I, if you would have sent me a like a message, uh, I would have showed up like Drake's brother, mysteriously, this guy you never heard of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, defend you. A couple other games of 2016 include Inside, Forza Horizon 3, Persona 5, which, so, sure. What, was Overwatch was still your game of the year, right, Kim? It wasn't Persona? I think it was Overwatch, Uncharted, and then Persona 5. Yeah, if I remember my top 10 correctly, I think that was it. Yeah, it was also Dark Souls 3 that year, which uh, was a great game. I enjoyed it. And that was also the year that Pokemon Go released. Oh, wow. So that was like a big event in gaming that was all encompassing yeah. and included a yeah. wider cultural event. Yeah, that was that yeah. was a huge the most thing. magical summer ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I remember that when it, we've talked about it on podcasts before. But yeah, going to the park that first weekend and like hearing people yell out, there's a squirtle over here. <laughs> you didn't even know if they were lying or not. And they probably were. But just watching the crowds like run over to the other side of the park was fun. Right. For sure. I miss those days. Simple of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a squirtle over here. Marcus. <laughs> what? A couple of films of 2016 include Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Mm. Remember when Star Wars films were good? That was, a, that was a good time. Finding Dory, Captain America Civil War, The mm. Jungle Book, Zootopia, uh, and The Suicide Squad. Oh, turns out people other than Disney were still making films back then. So The Suicide Squad came out that year. <laughs> the one that everyone liked, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one everybody loved. No, <laughs> turns out was not it. Yeah, and if you want to cast your mind back to 2016 a little bit more, that was the year that uh, American songwriter Bob Dylan was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature, and he did not show up to receive the award. Do you guys remember that? No. That sounds like the most now. Bob Dylan thing ever, though. Yeah, it was pretty baller. Uh, that was also the year that Britain voted to leave the European Union. That's when we were, everyone was Googling, what is Brexit? <laughs> yeah, it was a big time of change, turns out. And then, yeah, Brazil and South Korea both impeached their presidents. And we elected one. We did. That happened That's on right. my birthday, and I'll never forget that because nobody cared about my birthday <laughs> that year. Oh. Everyone um, was just talking about uh, who we elected, and I was like, I felt very lonely. <laughs> yeah, so that was 2016. We can dive into development if you want to. Absolutely. Talk to me. Yeah, we talked last time about how with Uncharted 3, Naughty Dog split into two teams, and one team went to work on the first Last of Us, and the other team worked on Uncharted 3. 
after the release of Uncharted 3, you know, the rest of the the Last of Us team continued to finish that project, which is a whole nother thing. Meanwhile, kind of a skunk's work team of developers started to work on like, okay, what's the next Uncharted? Which it is interesting because in your in my mind too, Marcus, it did feel like Uncharted 3 had a nice bow on it. Like felt like they said, yeah, this could be the end. But yeah. then right after they wrapped, they're like, okay, what's the next one? It's not like there was a, there wasn't a huge delay between development, even though the games released, I guess like five years apart. Yeah. Just about, that's interesting. It felt like, yeah, because of the, the out of nowhereness of it, it felt like they left it alone for a while until somebody kind of spoke up like, Hey, remember uncharted want to do more something with that? And just came up with, okay. It's weird to think that they just immediately rolled into it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they had to finish up you know they did last of us between so that mm-hmm. that helped make it feel like there was even more of a break right yeah but yeah we hinted at it earlier amy hennig who was the creative director on the series she spent i, I don't know the exact amount of time i want to say a year or two helping prototype some concepts yeah. and some of it's stuff that ended up in the game like she had the initial idea for the grappling hook which i love the grappling hook do you guys like the grappling hook Love it. Yeah, I actually forgot that that was the big new thing. Mm-hmm. What is it about adding grappling hooks to establishing, like, established franchises? Makes like, everything it, better. Yeah, right? Worked for Halo? Like, that's the key. If you need to freshen up your series, just give your character a grappling hook. Yeah, there's one in Dying Light, too, isn't there? Uh, if I think so. I haven't gotten it yet, if there is. Horizon? Yeah, Horizon has a grappling hook. I think Batman should have one for the next one. I think he would do really yeah. well with yeah, it. That's the one, one thing Batman whatever. doesn't have, right? He doesn't yeah. have a grappling hook. Yeah, it's wild. He doesn't need it. He, you know what? They should give him a car, too, speaking of things he doesn't have. Mm, and then make you that. do a bunch of missions in it over and over. Over and over again. <laughs> Until it yeah, wears the, out its welcome. The grappling hook uh, was fun, and it is one of those things where you're like, this is a lot of fun. It's not super game-changing or anything, but I do like it a lot. Yeah, and it fits his character. And I would, I don't know, if they do another Uncharted, I feel like they have to have it again, right? You have two this time. <laughs> two yeah, dual-wielding <laughs> grapple hooks. There we Love go, it. it's back. Uh, Amy Hennig also had the idea for Nate's brother. Do you guys remember that initial trailer teaser that released in 2013, where it was just a flyover of a map and a guy talking? No, I don't. Vaguely, very vague. That far yeah. back, 2013? 2013, they released an announced teaser, and, and Amy was still with the company, and there was a... It was basically... They didn't say it at the time, but it was basically Nate's brother was the one talking, but it was a different voice actor. It wasn't Troy Baker. Okay. Wow, that's wild, because, you know, The Last of Us would have been so new at that time that they were uh, already teasing Uncharted 4. Yeah, it was an actor named Todd Stashwick, who was originally going to play Sam... He was in the 12 Monkey series was maybe his most notable role. I'm not super familiar with him outside of that <laughs> Uncharted trailer, honestly. The, the one time he was almost Sam He Drake. works with Amy on a lot of projects now. He's actually worked with her on the upcoming Forspoken game with Square Enix. Oh, cool. Hmm. Who is he in that? He wrote. He like Amy, um, like so Gary Witta came up with like the concept and world building, then Amy crafted it kind of into like the story and built the main character, and then um Todd in this 
girl, Alison Reimer, I believe, like took it and wrote all the dialogue and expanded it out from there. So, yeah, it's uh, hmm. he's been working with her a while, I guess. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know he wrote as well. That's interesting. Uh, it turns out in the original pitch, Amy's original pitch, Sam was a little bit more antagonistic. He was mm. going to seek revenge. I, I guess in the original plot, something happened. You know, again, it's very similar to what happened in the actual game, but something happened in a prison and Nate left him for dead. Right. But then Sam shows up and he's seeking revenge. And then they eventually, you know, settle their differences and decide let's team up against this Wraith character who okay. was another idea that Amy had. Gonna say, he's going to be like John Cena in that most recent Fast and the Furious movie. Season yeah, eight. I guess. I guess yeah, because there was just crickets the, there. The, we were like, no, what? no, no. I was trying to remember, like, yeah. who was John Cena again in that in that movie? Because he was brother. Dom's brother, right? That mm -hmm. You never heard yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> gosh. Do you think so they just found they Amy's bring, script and they're like, wait a minute? Let's just bring a brother in when things get difficult, like when we want to like take the story to a different level. Yeah, let's bring yeah. in the family connection. It's either a brother or a grappling hook. <laughs> One of the two, right? Was this well, was four when they started to get really crazy with the great puzzles? I can't remember if that was earlier, but I remember four it being like more excessive than usual. I, I want to say it was even two and three. three yeah, in four, they started to make fun of the fact that you're doing crate puzzles. There's even a line where you push over a crate and somebody's like, oh, I can't wait to do this a bunch or something like that. Yes, mm. that's what it was. They poked fun at it. Yeah, I remember something with the crate puzzles. From but there weren't a ton of crate puzzles in four, which is nice. But it was more like rope puzzles. I mean, there's always the like, here, let me lift that character up and then they'll push something down or throw down a ladder or something. But they definitely became aware of it. Yeah. Even in the first Last of Us, it was always ladders. You mm -hmm. were always pushing Ellie up and she was knocking a ladder down or you're using a ladder or something to make a bridge. Yeah. Are ladder puzzles better than box puzzles? They're definitely different. I think that's the thing is boxes are so primordial in the game space. You were always pushing boxes even back in the N64 days, right? Yeah. So it's ladders felt more recent. Oh, more so realistic. In that sense, they're better. When you that look around a place, like you look, well, I guess, hmm, do you see more boxes? Or I don't see either. Whatever. What was the last time you guys pushed a giant box to reach something? Right, right. That's what I was saying. In real to. life? Yeah. Uh, As opposed to using a ladder to get something maybe high. never. Have you guys yeah. ever done that? No, <laughs> you'll the, fall through the box. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the times you would push a box that would be strong enough to support your weight. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it'd have to be like a crate or something. But even then, it's like, why do I want to stand on? You know, I might have done that. We might have had like a crate at GI that I wanted to reach up and grab something from the ceiling. That that's yeah, not a good I idea. Almost fell and died. Yep. <laughs> That would have been awkward. We should talk a little bit about Sam, though. I'm curious what you guys think about him and just this idea that he could have been antagonistic or, or hated. Because if you go back and listen, listen to that original teaser trailer, mm -hmm. the Todd, the voice actor, is doing definitely sounds angry, I guess is the right word. He definitely sounds like a guy who's in for out for revenge. Right. Uh, but anyway, I, I like that idea, but I like the way they went with Sam as a character in the end game. I'm he brings a lot. He's interesting. He's not like the traditionally handsome character, but there's something about him that I like, even though he's kind of unlikable as a person. Like if you knew this guy in real life, you probably wouldn't mesh with him super well. Right. 
he gives me He's the grimy. Um, yeah, he gives me the deadbeat uncle vibe. Right. Like you only see him every few holidays, and every time he shows up, like your mom or somebody tells you about the latest like trouble they got into, like uh got arrested again or something you better watch out but he's always like cool right he's not like a jerk he, he's like so charming that you end up just hanging out with him even though you know like I probably shouldn't be fraternizing this much because he's a bad influence yeah he's and, the guy that snuck you a candy bar when you're like eight years old and then you found out he's actually stole that candy bar that's how he got it <laughs> exactly he, he gives that five and i like that, that about exactly him. him yeah <laughs> i'm glad they didn't go the traditional villain route because that's to me that's easy like how many times we've seen the long lost vengeful sibling for the character and i think that i think it's enough that he's he's not a bad guy but he is doing something that is putting nate in danger Mm -hmm. like he is a bad influence basically even though he is not evil and that's enough to make you kind of go like i don't know about this guy just because like i don't like what he's putting in nate's head right now uh i think that's enough for him and it's a lot more of a nuance approach to that character and just be like ah i can't believe you left me for dead i'm gonna kill you well i like that they kept you guessing about the character a little bit like you thought he was gonna go down a darker birth you're like can i really trust this guy he doesn't look trustworthy that's the issue that i have with uh, i've never even heard of you dude yeah it was just like you're thrown into this and you're expecting like him to just like everything tells you don't trust this guy and you see him kind of like making things difficult between nate and elena for like you know this one last pursuit and you're you're not really sure what to think on it um it kind of kept you guessing because i was still expecting the entire time i'm like this guy just he screams like something like he's just gonna turn his back on me at some point and you know poor nate it's gonna be all for naught and then you're like you know as you play you're like all right it's not it's not what i expected but i like that um because they could have very as you talked about marcus very easily went that route of just like you know the revenge like older brother like nate kind of has it all and his you know sam has had a difficult life it's it's pretty you know spent time in prison um as we saw and I I think that was good that we had that kind of guessing along the way and everybody kind of saying like, oh, he's bad news. But then at the same time, but just like, but, you know, it's like that family member that you don't you always know you have to kind of be that you're going to be there for them. But at the same time, you're like, I don't always approve of what you do. And like I said, Nate gets dragged. The only person you could drag him back into this, you know, is got to be have like a really huge tie to uh-huh. to him and i think that's why we suddenly saw because how else were you going to get him out of that life and something that would make sense for him to go against elena and that life that they had built when they everything seemed all great at the end of three you know yeah it's i think you're right kim he's that family member that you know that even though he's an adult and you're a kid, somehow you're the mature one. Yep. You're like, right. I think I'm the one, the responsible one in this party right, right now. But yeah. I think that's interesting too. And it's, I never got that. It's interesting that you feel this subtle low vibe of something terrible is going to happen with this guy. And I don't know what it is yeah. because at the same time, I never really got the sense that he he meant any ill will against Nate, you know, he was his brother and he cared for him. And like, Mm -hmm. I like that they had that dynamic, but at the same time, the fact that they were able to 
pull this other trick of like, yeah, but something's off about this. And this guy, I don't, I don't think he's necessarily going to intentionally betray Nate, but there's still something wrong here. He's going to get you in the bad situation. Right. That's going to end up being like that you can't recover from. And I think that's like, as we went through the game, you just got that sense of like, oh God, bad news coming. It's coming. And then I think the ultimate moment of Uncharted 4 and one of my favorite moments is when they pull off that that big you know escape or heist whatever it was Mm -hmm. um and then they get back and nate sees elena and it's just like all fun is over now like you just had the ultimate record scratch huge adrenaline rush and thrills and i just uh, i'll never forget that moment of just being like uh oh you know it's like oh Oh, yeah. I definitely want to talk about that scene more uh, a little later, but yeah. I want to ask you guys, do you remember when uh, when they announced Troy Baker was playing Sam, like that internet like reaction of like, oh my god, Troy Baker and Nolan North, the rivals, are in the same game oh, and they're brothers, and there was like a deal. huge thing about that. And I was like, have they never been in a game together before? I find that hard to believe. I don't know why we're reacting. I mean, it is cool. But I was like, they, I guess, was this the biggest game that they've done They'd together, never been all? in a game together like this, where there were two yeah. characters who were like the main characters interacting with each other on this level. Because, yeah, that was the joke. Nolan North was always like, oh, you're making a game. Nolan North's in it. You know, there was a, yeah. and they had that there was a Nolan North or... voice in one of the Saints Row, wasn't there? Uh, y- Yes. Uh, I think it was three. I feel like you could say any game and be like, that's Nolan North is in that. <laughs> no, but I mean, time. that yeah. was the joke is like, yeah. you could customize your voice character and there was like male, female. They had a zombie joke voice. And then there was like Nolan North voice. Like yes. you could pick Nolan North I mean, as a joke. It was joke. like three or four. I forget. But there was that like manufactured fan rivalry of like Troy Baker versus Nolan North that they would like lean into on Twitter sometimes where they pretend to take shots at each other. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I remember? Ben, uh, ben Hansen did a very cool video of them for our cover story trip. But one of them like farted on the other one at the end of it. And I feel like it was Nolan North who farted on Troy Baker, but I can't remember. Please, Internet, go out, look at that for that video. There is a video of them from our Uncharted like 4 cover North trip. Thing. Yep. It smells like it, too. And the other one was like putting the smell like towards the camera, like more like yeah. noxious North. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, diving back into the development just a little bit more. Amy also had so she came up with the idea for Nate's brothers. She came up with the idea of the grapple. I mean, I don't know if she was the sole progenitor of these ideas, but she's so, sort of credited for this, I should say. Uh, and then Wraith as the villain who I, Marcus, you've said that you think Catherine Marlowe from three is the best villain. I like her. There's something about Wraith that I think I like even more, though. He's just kind of scummy. He seems like a legitimate rival to Nathan in that, you know, he can kind of like take him on toe to toe and he's yeah. smarmy and easy to hate. I like yeah. Wraith. Do you guys like Wraith? Wraith's my number two. I think like I think Catherine is scarier as a villain because of her connections and like, you know, the secret society thing. But I think Wraith is more hateable. And that makes sense. There was like, oh, I, I, I would be more scared of Catherine, but I want to punch Rafe in the face every time I see him. Like I said, like he's really smarmy. He's kind of like Harry Flynn in two, but maybe dialed up to 11. Yeah, he's <laughs> like a better Flynn. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what his friends call him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, every time he shows up, you're like, this guy, especially the interactions where he would um, interact with Nadine, because this is the game that uh, Nadine Ross yeah, that's made her debut. And she's like a villain too, but she's like cool. And, you know, she's like hardcore. She's like a badass. And you're like, she's taking orders from like this essentially just kind of spoiled rich <laughs> punk guy. And you like, you could tell that she'd be gritting her teeth sometimes. Like, I can't believe I'm working with this guy, but, you know, I'm just trying to get paid, trying to look out for my men. And I think that he, that attitude of like, man, I like maybe you could just ditch this guy if you want, you know? Uh, yeah, he sucks. Rafe, Rafe <laughs> is the worst. He sucks in a good way. I, I like yeah. how much I don't like him, if that makes sense. Yeah. Love the hate. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, all that. Uh, and then. And then Amy Hennig was sort of ousted. I mean, I shouldn't say that. She chose to leave the company. A lot of this is well documented in Jason Schreier's book, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, by the way. So if you want a more deep dive on that, maybe check that book out. But it seems like there was some tension between the team on how Amy was taking the project. Some people maybe didn't like some of her ideas. For example, one idea she had was there was going to be a rhythm section during this ballroom auction remember the auction scene mm-hmm. in the game yeah. originally there was a sequence that amy wanted to have with nate and elena dancing across the floor and you were going to do some kind of rhythm section rhythm beat mini game to mm-hmm. go up and steal the i don't even remember what they were stealing at that point some diamond or something but yeah so that was one idea another idea that amy was like oh we should have like 50 percent of the game where nate doesn't even use a weapon which I think is kind of a cool idea to push it that way. Yeah. I, I don't know if it would have, if you could pull it off in an Uncharted game to do 50% of the yeah. game without a well, weapon. I mean, the game sort of leans that way because four, I remember they were promoting that like you could get through, they were promoting stealth more in this one anyway because I think they were addressing some of the, like the running joke that Nate is basically a, a, a murderer because he mows down like entire armies every game. Yeah. And I remember Naughty Dog getting out so like, oh, you could like, sneak your way past these big arenas like you don't have to fight anyone and i remember doing that a lot because in my own head canon it just made more sense that nate would like avoid a fight as much as he could because he's just a guy yeah uh so So, i I, it seems like they at least kept some of that idea because you you can do that yeah but i don't know if it was just trading stealth for trading a gun for stealth i think they were like let's do how much of the game can we do with Nate doesn't even have a gun. Like there's no option to even resort to that. Yeah. But I obviously that game didn't exist, so I don't know what they were actually going for. Just as a side tangent with the stealth, since you brought it up, Marcus, did you guys like the stealth in this game? I am a huge stealth player. When given the option to play stealth, I'll usually rock stealth, even in stuff Mm -hmm. like Skyrim. I, I tend to prefer just stealthy gameplay. For some reason, stealth did never clicked for me in Uncharted. I do, and I don't fully know why I just lacked the patience or something in this game, or maybe it was just harder to stay sneaky. I don't know. What did you guys think? I liked it. I remember a little hazy. It's been a while, but I remember it being fine. Like, you know, not like the greatest health in the world, but it was totally serviceable. And like I said, I did it pretty much every opportunity I took. There were some yeah. big rooms with enemies that I just walked right on by and didn't engage anyone. Um, but then I, I think, the only downside was that once you triggered a firefight, I think you were pretty much locked into it. Like it wasn't full on stealth where you can maybe run and hide and everyone just kind of forgets you exist and you can try again. I think that's what I remember kept happening to me was I would try to play 
stealth, which is like, mo like ugh, whatever. I'm okay at stealth, not the greatest, but not awful either. Um, but I usually try to play stealth, and I just remember, as Marcus would say, just getting, doing something that I just didn't see an enemy stumbling, and I'm like, oh, great, now I'm stuck in this, and it, it's it's going on. <laughs> so get ready to uh, bring out the guns. <laughs> yeah, because some of those fights could get tough, because like uh, a lot of the arenas were a lot bigger. Mm -hmm. so there were more places where enemies could hide, and they could last a while. So there were a few times where I kind of resented like, oh, now I got to kill all these guys because yep. I tripped on a rock or something and I can't. Always the littlest things that you're like, dang it. <laughs> it was like, hey, he's over there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I, I, I every time I play the game, I'm like, maybe I should play it stealth version. So maybe next time I'll just really focus on the stealth. But it just doesn't feel like a game that was designed mm -hmm. with stealth in mind from the beginning. So the stealth isn't like the strongest element of the game. Yeah, it felt like an option, but they they could have gone into it a bit harder. Right. Yeah. Yeah, going back to the development, though, uh, I want to say it was it was after Last of Us or maybe right before Last of Us launched. It was after. Sorry, backing up. It was after The Last of Us launched. Amy Hennig left because it was almost a year later. She left around March of 2014. And she it wasn't totally clear why or what it was, but it seems like there was some creative tensions there with her and the team. And some people said that, that Neil and Bruce pushed her out. I don't yeah, know that that's that. the case. Yeah. But for whatever reason she left and then development of the game was given to Bruce Straley and Neil Druckmann. They became the creative leads. And I remember yeah. being like, Oh, that's kind of a bummer. Cause I, I really liked, I really like Amy Henning and stuff she's done. Uh, but at the same time, it's like the guys who created Uncharted, or excuse me, the guys who created The Last of Us, turns out they know what they're doing and they can make a good game. So I shouldn't have worried because Uncharted 4 <laughs> turned out to be a really great game. Mm -hmm. But Neil and Bruce, when they took over, they scrapped about eight months of work on the project. Ooh. And so apparently there was quite a bit of crunch leading up to the release of Uncharted 4, which is a bummer. Yeah, <clears throat> that couldn't have been great on morale. Especially if you maybe didn't work under Neil and Bruce that much. Maybe a little bit of resentment of like, this, this guy just came in and threw all my stuff that I was doing. What the heck? Uh, yeah. I remember reading about that at the time because I was following this game and not really knowing how I felt. It's like, I like you, yeah, I was bummed that Amy was leaving because I was, a, you know, I love the Uncharted series, but I also love The Last of Us. So it was like a weird trade off of like, well, I, Neil and Bruce did great on The Last of Us. I kind of want to see. A diff like what they would do with this universe because it's so different tonally from what the last yeah, one was. Yeah, I think is. that was my worry was the tone is so different and they were, you know, with Last of Us super serious mode and you're like, can you really do that with Uncharted in the same way? Like Amy just had a way with characters and the comedic tone I felt that worked really well with the series and yeah, I was curious if that was going to carry over but... I think having Nolan North as somebody who voiced that character for so long and still having him like at the helm, like you st like it just felt like Nate anyway. Um, right. But then bringing in like it was cool to see more of this human element brought in of like, why? Why is Nathan Drake the way he is? I'm not sure if we would have 100 percent gotten as deep in it as I felt like it went with with Bruce and um, Neil. But yeah. I don't think you can 100% credit them for that, but it does seem like they probably brought some of that 
extra humanity, those extra layers that we talked about earlier, really liking the stuff with Sam and his brother, even the stuff with, which I want to talk about Nate and Elena too. Mm-hmm. They might've oh, yeah. brought a lot of that to it, but he, you're always, people have talked about this. You're always defined by the last game you made. Cause I remember yeah. when this happened, I was like, Oh, the last of us guys. I love a last of us, but it's not uncharted. Like yeah. uncharted is a different vibe. Uncharted is Indiana Jones. And the last of us is like walking dead, right? It's super serious and dark. But then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Bruce Raley co-directed Uncharted 2 and Neil Druckmann was like one of the writing leads. Like they yeah, know what Uncharted. That. It's not like yeah. they don't know how to do this. Yeah, for sure. And at least for me at that point, I, I, I think I was cautious, but still more excited than anything because I'm always going to sort of favor a fresh direction for a long running series than doing the same thing again. Um, again, as much as I love Amy Henning and I would have been fine if she had did four, but I would, there was a bit of me to like, okay, yeah, let's, why not? Let's, let's see what this looks like. I mean, we've had three games with one primary creative direction. Let's see what this looks like. Could have been too that she was itching to do something different based on some of the ideas that you brought up, Ben, that got scrapped. Not saying those were wonderful things that I would have wanted in an Uncharted game. Rhythm games I'm awful at, so I would have absolutely hated that. But it sounds like hearing that, I'm like, maybe she wanted to change things a little, maybe change a little too much, and and who knows? Like, as as Marcus brought up, like, working on a long-running series, like, sometimes, yeah, having someone fresh come in actually does help a lot, um, because they haven't, like, been so saturated in the world and material for that long that they can bring a fresh perspective to some of that. But maybe yeah. Amy was already thinking in her head, I want to change things up. It just wasn't working how she wanted to change it. And who knows? Like I said, we're not behind the scenes for any of this. So it's it's hard to know exactly what conversations went on, how much. I do like that they did keep, like I said, it seems like the core of like her initial ideas with the brother and all that in they they kept that all they could have just scrapped it like so much but eight yeah. months of work is a lot to scrap that bummed me out to hear for sure yeah you know again if you travel to an alternate reality and see the the version of Uncharted 4 we didn't get I, I would love to play that game as well but I'm also glad that one we got the one we did yeah I think you go on and you say on the internet and say hashtag release the Henning cut <laughs> and it'll, it'll that's happen. all you gotta do yeah let's get that training <laughs> let's do yeah. it let's do it a couple of notes uh, I have just randomly is apparently at one point in development, they were thinking about you could take a gun and shoot the environment and create your own handholds, which is kind of fun. It's a fun it's idea ambitious. anyway. Yeah. But it almost makes it seem like too easy in my mind. Maybe yeah, there would have been special. That sounds like that would be a nightmare of like, you'd have to make sure every surface would respond to that because you have to because players are going to do dumb things, right? They're going to try, they're going to test that out and push it to its limits. So making sure every wall, every tree or whatever lets you do that. I can't imagine the work that would be involved in that. Yeah, that probably would have been special. Well, I, I'm i assuming, I don't know this for a fact, I am assuming this is mechanic that sort of transformed into the, what do you call that, the pinion? The thing you could stab mm. into the wall? Like the yes. spike thing? Yeah. 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 Isn't that what they call that? It's got a yeah. mountaineering term, pinion. I keep thinking you're saying opinions. I know how, like, I like, I don't know how Justin, it's pronounced. What do they call that? You're right. probably right. I, I think my opinions on the I don't that's called. my mountains, unfortunately. One of these days. One of these days. 
Everest is waiting for you. I'll have my Nathan Drake adventure. I don't climb mountains. I (laughs) lose it all only to come back and, you know, realize what means the most to me in life. Your mysterious brother shows up. (laughs) I don't climb mountains. I pave them over and then. I just shoot them as so I can get handholds. That's right. I just shoot them down. That's well. I, I would do. like the ending though to just have like that beach house theme. It. Oh, cool. oh yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I love that house. House, by the way, I love every house that the Drakes have ever lived in. I think. Yep. Just I love exploring their houses. <laughs> they got good taste in homes. It turns. Yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Naughty Dog. Speaking of, because Naughty Dog had what the house in the beginning of the first Last of Us that was also kind of fun to explore, even though it was like just a house. Something about Naughty Dog and making houses. I really like the way they they lay things out, I guess. Yeah, they feel lived in. Uh, they feel intimate. There's like a warmth to them. Yeah. It's a lot of a lot of video we game. We missed out. We should have had them design the new game in a former office. What were we uh, thinking? Shoot. We didn't just tap Naughty Dog for this and be like, hey. I'll see if they can design my house. Yeah, I'm yeah, just going right? to ask. Like, do, you guys still have, do you guys have the blueprints for Drake's house still? Can I just like give those to a real life architect and say, make this. You probably could just model it. Just take pictures. Yeah. It's like how like Ubisoft gave the assist, uh, the, what was it? The Notre Dame cathedral schematics <laughs> to the actual like builders when it caught fire. Cause they had that on the end. <laughs> oh yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Give me the, the Drake blueprints, please. This might <laughs> be getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I just want to say, could you think of having cooler parents than Nate and Elena like if those were your parents like how do you ever even like live up to that level of cool fact like it'd be like my parents are too cool for me right yeah, now not even like fam like your uncle Sam who again would be the cool uncle that maybe gets you into trouble and then technically Sully yeah too. right that's a great yeah I want to go to that cookout <laughs> what is he is he like their grand, grand? father or something he's like that person you call an uncle who's not really an uncle you know or whatever like it's that weird like we don't know what to call you but you're family but not really but we're gonna pretend you're probably right uncle he probably wouldn't let you call him grandpa no i'm I'm not that old yeah (laughs) even when he's like 99 (laughs) 99 years young ben that's right yep one last development note do you guys remember Alan Tudyk or do you, you're familiar with his yes. work? I'm sure he's the, he was on yeah. Firefly. He was washed on Firefly. He was the, what was the K2SO in Rogue One? He's done a bunch of voice work, right? He apparently was set to play Wraith at the beginning. What? Yeah. I can't imagine playing a bad guy. I don't know. Well, just his voices are more like. It's good at being sassy though. And smart. yeah, that's I could true. I would have liked to see that version of Wraith. Uh, I like the version again that we got, but yeah, it would have been cool to see see him as Wraith. Is that also in the Henning cut? I believe that was so Henning left and he has a quote out there somewhere saying, I think they're doing some weird things over there with the game. <laughs> so I'm just, it was uh, an opportunity for him to bow out of the contract when that happened. And so he did. Hmm. There you go. More fuel for the fire. I there hope I don't actually start this movement. <laughs> Please don't bother. You are Marcus. <laughs> you have already like watch this take off and I'm going to blame you because it's going to be all over nice. my Twitter and I'm like, Marcus. Yeah, I'm sorry. Seriously. This is Evan what happens Wells. when you take over as host. You start movements. There we go. Sorry, I Evan. couldn't happen Neil. before. <laughs> Just me. My fault. All right. Anything else, Ben? Uh, I'll have plenty more to say, I'm sure, down the line, but that's most of the development notes I have. Like I said, there's Jason Stryer did some some interesting work over there 
and Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. And there's a few Kotaku articles, too, just talking about the 12-hour workdays they did leading up to the release of the game, which... I hate right. to hear about crunch, but because it I was mean, uh, it did get delayed significantly. I remember that. Like, wasn't it supposed mm-hmm. to launch in 2015 and they pushed it back like several months? I remember that yeah, being a new story at the time. Yeah, I just remember being in the studio for that cover story and just like the tech and the extremes. You know, it reminds me back to um, Last of Us Two, where they showed like Abby eating the burrito just to like the extremes that they would go. Where it's like, do you actually need to do that? But like, they were hell bent on. You know, this was a later game in the PS4's life cycle. Let's like even like defy people's expectations of what we can do with these landscapes and with the character models. And I remember sitting down with the art teams and just looking at like the realistic levels that they were going. And like, I, I remember I was on the cover story trip with Reiner and we were both like, this is like, we knew that games could look good, but like, wow, like this is really leveraging like the PS4 and they've figured out new ways to, to make things look really, really good in the state of the life, like life cycle where you can be surprised. But I just, I think of like all the time that they probably spend getting every little thing right. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. They're just meticulous with detail. And that's something that I, they pride themselves on making like that graphical um, impression uh, with their tech and, and showing like why their games look so good. So I was just like, I just remember being amazed and, just their process, like I said, is just so intense for those. Oh, yeah. When I was uh, in college, I studied game design. That was uh, the thing that I was best at was designing environments and like assets and stuff like that. And they were like, Naughty Dog was always one of my favorite reference points. I always loved the way they lay out rooms. And like you said, the detail they would pay attention mm-hmm. to, like that's kind of what I was striving for. And I would look at screenshots for like Uncharted 2 and and three at the time like man i hope i can get that good because look at that so yeah absolutely and yes it's a lot of work <laughs> there's that scene where there i mean speaking of food yeah there's that scene where nate and elena sit down and sit down and have dinner and i remember thinking like they put so much work into recreating them like people being able to eat realistically and this looks really really good but was this necessary? Like, did they have to be eating here? But it adds something to, I don't know, that moment. The fact that they're just having just a quiet, normal hangout. They're eating dinner. Like, it does add something to the moment. But I'm like, man, was it worth it? All that yeah. work to just make somebody look like they're realistically eating? Yeah, because that's always still one of the biggest white whales in video games. Like, how often do you see characters eat in a way that's realistic? Like, maybe they'll take a bite out of something now and again. But in terms of, like, sitting down yeah, and putting point. food, especially drinking has always been, like, a thing that developers yep. still can't quite get right. That um, and sleeping with covers. Like, every time somebody goes to lay down, they just lay on top of everything. They don't actually lay Air animations, which have gotten much better, I will say, but... Yeah, there's some rough times. <laughs> yeah, Triple H's hair in all the WWE games is still the benchmark of video game hair. <laughs> if you every time every game you look at, if Triple H's hair is good, you're like, all right, we're getting there. Uh, alrighty, so I think we can jump now into the uh, the story of Uncharted Four. Uh, you know, it takes place, uh, or at least when it begins, we get a flashback to seven years before the first game, where we see Nate, Sam, and Rafe who used to be buddies searching for Henry Avery's treasure, who is a real life pirate. And they break into a Panamanian jail 
which is I, and I didn't realize this until I was looking at this now that I was like, is this sort of a callback to Uncharted 2? Because Nate also gets locked up in a Panamanian jail in the beginning of that game. Something about him in Panama. <laughs> well, he gets locked in a jail cell in the first one, too. And then yep. Elena has Lots to rescue jails. him. Yeah, he turns yeah. out he's got a criminal past. Yeah, he's got a record. Uh so they bring him to jail, but the guard that's helping him is like, hey, I want to cut. And uh, Rafe's like, no, and just kills him just in cold blood. And but, you know, that triggers a, an alarm and they get uh, chased out of there. And Sam gets shot by the guards and is presumed dead as Nate and Rafe escape. And then we jump. Yeah, he's he really is not at a great time. <laughs> um, and then we jump 15 years later. Which uh, I couldn't find how long it the how much time has passed between uh, four and three specifically. I could I just saw it was a fifteen year jump. I was like, well, it's not fifteen years between four and three. Uh, it's a little vague, but I assume it's just at least a few years. Um, yeah, you can definitely tell that Nate's older in this one. He's mm -hmm. starting. It's not quite the grays. They they were like advertising that so much of like oh you can see he's got a little gray going on. Yeah. Um, it's not exactly salt and pepper, him. but it is like there's they're it's, starting. It's the edge. Yeah. It, the edges are starting to gray. And then he's also just a little bit thicker. Like he's still a good looking man, but like, you know, you can tell that he's got a few extra years on him. Yeah, he's not quite beer belly, but he's like he looks like he's been sitting down watching football with some beer. Well, he's been sitting out of the adventuring game, so they had to like make his body reflect that, right? If you're not scaling mountains and um on high speed like boat chases and ever what are you doing yeah, like, those do burn calories hmm. that's my know. workout routine yeah i mean he yeah. swam a lot right in the past games oh yeah that's true and we see that he's a uh, become a salvager in new orleans which i remember being fascinated by because i was like i don't i couldn't imagine like what would nathan drake have as a normal job if he had to have one and salvager is like i guess yeah that's probably the yeah. best <laughs> that would make sense for what him what else is he gonna do I like that reveal, too. Yeah. Where they pull back and you're like, oh, it turns out, where are you? You're like in the middle of New York Harbor or something. Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans Harbor. Yeah, yeah. But I, I remember thinking like, not that I called it or, but I was like, there's going to be a twist or something here. This isn't just a normal run at the mill mission for him. But yeah, turns out. I like that twist, though, that like, oh, yeah, he's settled down and this is what he does for a living, which... I think most people would be like, this is one of the coolest jobs I've ever had. I run salvage. I like go <laughs> do deep sea dives. But for Nathan Drake, this is boring. Yep. Yeah. But then it's like, what else is he going to do? As far as we know, he doesn't have any other real life skills or have like a degree. <laughs> he doesn't have a college degree. I doubt it. Like, Has he even been to high school? Yeah. If you're not know? chasing treasure, what are you, how are you bringing in an income? Yeah. Because he meets Sully when he's like, well, like, 14 something like that like there's no way he went to school when he was hanging out with that guy they were stealing stuff you know he's, he's street smart i guess um so yeah i remember just seeing him at a desk being so weirded out by that like that's almost wrong um so yeah like you said he's bored with life and then sam shows up on his doorstep out of nowhere and you know they do a bit of catching up and also i think we didn't really talk about this but this game introduced dialogue choices right wasn't there like oh, yeah there was oh, like, I forgot about which that. Which didn't really matter too much. Yeah, like there's no branching paths or anything, but you could just choose different things to say to like Sam and like they didn't appear that frequently from what I remember. 
Um, That's another thing it, where, where it's like, was that worth the work to put? Because right. it didn't really mean anything. And most people forget that even was a thing in the game. Was that yeah. worth the work, Naughty Dog? But I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, like, did, did it make you Someone feel Someone had to like... sit there and come up with all those lines for you to pick those optional choices to change a little bit of what their conversation was going. Yeah. Well, coming up with the lines is the easy part. It's implementing the tech to like allow you to pick multiple dialogue trees. Yeah. yeah. But that's a pet peeve of mining games is like, if you're going to give me a dialogue choice, make it mean something. Otherwise, it's just, why is this here? I don't. Yeah, I remember being uh, upset or like paralyzed a little bit with choice because like my favorite thing about Uncharted is the conversations and the, mm -hmm. the character moments. So the idea that I could miss out on something because I picked one, but I don't get to see the other two was actually upsetting to me at the time. And maybe I get the less clever line. Like one yeah. of the three lines is not going to be as good as the other two. Just give me the best line. That's what I want. Exactly. I was like, man, what if there's a good joke with option C? <laughs> uh, so I, I, I yeah, I, don't ever want to see that again basically if we, another, <laughs> if we get another uncharted one day um but yeah basically sam tells him like hey you know i'm not dead i've been in jail for a while and you know that thing that we were trying to find years ago i'm still trying to find it because a drug lord uh told me i have to and if i don't i'll die so i need your help brother you know and nate agrees well how could you say no yeah, it's like, hey, my brother I haven't seen that I thought was dead is now telling me that he will die if I don't help him find this treasure that we were trying to find. That's a lot to take in. Also, I'm having a midlife crisis of sorts. <laughs> um, so, you know, he goes home and we get maybe my one of my favorite scenes ever like this and the uh, the other Elena scene later on are my two favorite scenes in this game where we get the date night with yes, Elena and Nate and like just getting to see. And then this is what it felt like the last of his influences came in, like getting to just walk around their their house and like look at things and you could find like little mementos from like their past adventures and just stuff that they've done since then. There's even and, a memento for Golden Abyss, mm -hmm. the PSB game or the Vita game. Yeah, I picked it up and had no idea what it was because I didn't like, play. Wait, what game was this from? <laughs> Must have been a comic or something. Yeah, you're like, yeah. I think. I remember what stood out for me most about this game was it like I always like the Nathan and Elena romance, but this game was the first time I really took like stopped and was like video game romances usually suck in games. And they actually do this well by creating these quiet moments that feel very like realistic and typical of like a couple that's dating like they had fights that felt very much like even though like, OK, most people don't date treasure hunters, but let's face it, like the stuff that they were talking yeah. about. Depends what kind of treasure. For yourself, Kim. Yeah. <laughs> treasure means a lot of things to a lot of people, Kim. But I remember I remember Jeff Court coming in the office with me and we had a discussion about this because it was just like those romance, those scenes like where they are showing their relationship are just done really well. And you don't see those quieter moments often in games and, and feel like. Oh, I'm actually like sometimes I was like, wow, I feel like I'm witnessing something maybe that like is is so intimate to their relationship, like a fight or something else or even just but they felt very real and they made me kind of like really buy into where this um, this story went. And it was one of those games where I'm just like, you know, so many games try so hard with romance and it ends up in that like typical like fairy tale camp or whatever. And, and this one I was like, this is good. They have problems. They 
they feel very real. And I liked those quiet moments to kind of build on like, yes, they are just like having a normal dinner together and, you know, just talking about, you know, shooting the, I can't swear on this. So imagine what I'm saying. <laughs> shooting the cans? The mountain? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, was trying mountain to th- mountain? I, I don't want to have to make mountain? poor Marcus do a bleep. So I'm being... Um, I got to learn how to censor. I'm being good good today. I'm being good today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to open a can of worms, but I will say that Nate and Elena have the best, best realized relationship of any in video games. Most believable, I think, that we've seen. I don't think any relationship ever. Yeah. Like what tops that? I mean, even in TV shows and movies, we talked about this last time, Mm -hmm. or at least I did about the romance usually ends as soon as they get married or as soon as they hook up or whatever, but you don't get to see Romance can continue past that, and it's cool to see a media, form of media, explore that and explore, you know, the richness that can happen. And, like, it's a meaningful relationship mm-hmm. when people are married. It's not just, you know, fodder for some, like, sitcom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we were remiss to not mention the other big thing about this scene is that uh, Nate and Elena sit down and they whip out a PlayStation 1 and they play Crash Bandicoot. Beautiful. And you can play Crash Bandicoot 1 in Uncharted 4 yeah. and listen to that and what's seems... great. Yeah, just a game within a game. But then the added comedy of Nate, like not understanding video games and Elena, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like being the backseat gamer. I like that it's Elena's game, too. I like that. Yeah. He's like, well, we could play your your video game thing. <laughs> yeah, like he's the one suggesting hey, what's that thing you like that nerd stuff. Um, it's a moment uh, that should feel forced and you could should kind of roll your eyes at and yet yeah. it's very endearing the way that they do it and it plays out i mean i think of so many people who that's like one of the big things that they mentioned from the game was like did you see the crash scene it's so cool oh yeah and then I, it actually runs crash really well like it's <laughs> like it doesn't feel weird it feels like crash bandicoot I don't have like a huge amount of nostalgia for Crash either. Even I was like, holy crap, I can't believe this is in the game. This is amazing. And then also just to learn that tech wise, it's not like they were just emulating Crash and they put Crash in the game. They had to like rebuild that. Like that was hard to do. And they had to try to like with their own tech, like rework all the stuff to make it feel like Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, and it's another thing, Ben, of like, did they have to do this? Like, no, this they absolutely one, did not. This That's one amazing. Like, but yeah, I think it's when... so it's so paid off because that is oh. so people's like the moment, one of the moments they go back to in that game where they're just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, it adds another layer to the relationship. Like, oh, this is a thing that, or an element of Elena's character. Like, I guess she likes video games, or at least she likes this one game a lot, and Nate is oblivious to games. I didn't, I wouldn't have thought about that with their characters, but that's cool to know. Um, but yeah, you know, and after this amazing night, he straight up lies in her face and is like, yeah, I, I got a job in Malaysia to do some salvage. I gotta, I'm going to be gone for a while when he's actually going to go. And we're all shaking our heads as he's doing it. Like, nope, this isn't going to go anywhere good. You don't lie to your girl. You don't do it. Especially after playing Crash Bandicoot, which is the mm-hmm. most sacred <laughs> of things you right? can do. Which did you guys win that or did you lose? Because oh, I, I won. lost. I, oh, yeah. I lost. My I mean, muscle I, memory was not there. <laughs> I grew up a huge Crash Bandicoot fanboy. So to me, it was like riding a bike and I felt real good impressing Elena. <laughs> but every time you missed, it was funny hearing Nate being frustrated. <laughs> and like, because I think he had one line, he's like the game's cheating or he's doing like the old school game. Yeah, I love like, that. And he's also complaining about how unrealistic it is when it's like you've been, you've seen like zombies and like you found all these lost 
ditties, but it's too much for you to accept. <laughs> um, so again, just a fun little thing they added to <clears throat> his character. Um, so yeah, he, you know, he hooks up with uh, Sam. He gets Sully on board. They go to like they go to Italy. They steal a, a replica idol that has information about where the uh, treasure is. Um, and they run into Rafe, and this is where we meet Nadine for the first time. And you know, of course, Rafe is still trying to find the same thing. Um, and eventually, they go to Scotland, uh, where they go to a cathedral for another clue that takes them to Madagascar. Like they're going all over the place. Again, I don't know how long Nate said he was going to be gone. But I was like, those are not short trips. Um, but I guess maybe is why she eventually like light bulb moment of like, something's, like, up something's here. going on here. He keeps calling to say he's going to miss dinner. <sighs> we were supposed to play crash two tonight. The Malaysia it, one speak, or maybe it was Madagascar. Sorry. But there's, is that the one where you're driving the truck? Uh, yeah, that's up when it crags. kind of opens up into the, cause that was the other thing with this game too. They were talking about, there would be more not open world, but like open hub areas where you could kind of go explore and find optional, like, uh, not like dungeons, but like you could find like items in like little areas that you didn't have to pretty much. Yeah, because I remember Lost Legacy came out and they were all like everybody said like, oh, Naughty Dog's finally exploring this open world stuff. And they're like, yeah, which is weird. It's like four, <laughs> but also Jack. Like, did you ever play Jack games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought, yeah, I didn't understand. So like they're literally just doing a thing they didn't for. But it, I guess because it's a smaller game, it's there was more of a spotlight on it. Yeah, well, um, I think it is a bigger open area in lost mm-hmm. legacies so it feels more yeah. and there's weird. only one in lost Legacies. it's just that one huge one yeah um whereas i think four had a couple of them uh but yeah that yeah like madagascar you're driving around with sully in the jeep uh eventually you learn about uh libertalia which is like the fable pirate like hangout spot basically uh and they've got the treasure there but they find out that oh they all killed each other over this in the civil war and they moved it to a, a fortress on the other side of the island. They get caught by Rafe, and he kind of snitches on Sam, saying like, "Yeah, you know, all that stuff he told you about the drug king—that's all, that's fake. None of it's real. He's been out of jail for two years. He's just—we were actually working together, and then he betrayed me." <laughs> <laughs> that's a good twist too, because there's a flashback you see of Sam in jail, actually talking to this guy, like when yeah. he. I think when he tells Nate for the first time, so it feels that much more real so that when you find out like, oh, that flashback was fake. Yeah, it's, like that adds to the to the twist. Yeah. And then you're just like, like you said, Kim, you're kind of waiting for like the other shoe to drop on Sam. But I remember even then I was like, oh, I didn't think it'd be that. <laughs> OK, yeah. should I feel sorry for Ray for like. Like, I guess I can kind of see why he's upset, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, but then Rafe tries to kill Nate because he still needs Sam anyway but he's like well i don't need you nate but you know sam kind of redeems himself because he uh protects nate from getting shot but then nate just gets knocked off a cliff anyway um i thought as per usual as per usual the classic i'll fall off a cliff and have a flashback and then wake up and i'm fine that's how i get out of things i don't want to do is convenient cliff fall yeah Um, let me have a flashback while i'm recovering (laughs) right I think uh, so. Uh, I might have skipped over uh, another pivotal scene is the uh, the Elena finding out that <laughs> what Nate is doing, like when they go back to the hotel room and she's just there. And I remember this is still maybe one of the one of the most 
one of the most scared or afraid I've ever been of anything in a video mm-hmm. game was when she's sitting there and, you know, she's giving you the kind of the toe tapping, like the jig is up and, you know, Sully and Sam are like, we're out of here. <laughs> Good luck with right. this. And you have that conversation. And one of the, the, the one part and one of the best like little details I've ever seen in the game is when Nate's sort of trying to explain himself and Elena is like nervously fidgeting with her wedding ring. Yep. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. remember that moment, but I remember looking at that like, oh God, is she going to divorce him? <laughs> like, is she thinking about uh-huh. it? Because she's doing it so like frantically. And I guess it kind of, you know, it's a testament to the animation that, but I remember looking like, no, no, don't, don't, do, don't do it. Like, he's sorry. <laughs> like, I know he messed up, but he's sorry. Um, what'd you guys think of that, that whole exchange there? That, <laughs> like I good. said, that, that moment, you're on such a high and then you come back to that hotel room and it is, uh, as you mentioned, I like that wedding ring detail. I totally forgot about that until you just brought it up right now. But that is a great moment because of the fact that you are, like I said, as Nate, you feel like as you're playing as Nate, you feel that that sense of like, oh, man, I, I had to do this. And I, I just it felt so, like our whole our adventures have been so fun. And then you see Elena and you just like see how much it's hurting her that you did this and you're like oh man what's gonna become of this relationship like naughty dog wouldn't do that they wouldn't break up our favorite couple right like but it is that when you get that sense of like oh man she's upset and why like i one of the things is like elena is such a cool um woman i couldn't understand why nate just wasn't honest with her about it. i didn't I get that either i was yeah, like i think the story is valid i think if he explained <laughs> himself appropriately i know she wanted him to get away from like but if she's this, this is my brother you know and this is like, what you know i didn't expect this i think i want to and, and that's what you let you find out after that like where the story goes when she when she helps out you're like see she would have had your back but you know the way During, you went about this is all wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like it's not so much what you did; it's how you did it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I I remember that drove me nuts too. If like this could have been solved, like you could have just said like, "Hey, my brother who I thought was dead is back, but he might actually be dead if I don't help him with this." So like, what do you want me to do? And I guess um, I guess the other thing that maybe Elena was like, I guess she never knew about Sam because I guess he even for as long they've been together. He, he never came up or yeah. Nate never brought him up. So it's like that double whammy of like, wait, you have a brother? Why have you never told me about That was this? the other thing. As I kind of wanted her to be like, oh, this is Sam, the guy. Like, I almost felt like it makes sense that they didn't bring it up to, you know, that we didn't know about Sam right. as the gamer, but it felt like Elena should have known. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. Maybe in my head, it's like, maybe it's just such a traumatic thing for Nate. That's what that I he, figured He's buried it, it for so long. Yeah like not acknowledging it he's like he's dead so i don't have to talk about this with you know with her but yeah it was uh it was definitely a moment that i think all of uh like i one of those top moments where you're just like it captures i think that high and low instantly um and it not many games do that to you where you actually like you felt it like i i was like oh man and you knew the whole time leading up to it you're like Something's gonna bad is gonna happen with Elena. He's not being honest. He's going and he thinks he can just get away with, you know, oh, I'll just I'll just do this with my brother and she'll never fight. And I'm like, she's smarter than that. Like, uh. yeah, I'm also glad that they didn't 
from what I remember, did they? I don't think they inserted one of the dialogue choices in that conversation. What if your dialogue choice was divorce? <laughs> You just say, "No, divorce." You know what? I choose my brother over you. (laughs) And then you get the alternate ending where she just throws her ring on the ground and (laughs) storms out of there, and that's it. Yeah, I'm charted five. Drake's divorce. (laughs) He has to climb into the courthouse (laughs) for his hearing. Um, But yeah, uh, so yeah, Nate. Like you mentioned before, Nate gets knocked off a cliff. Elena rescues him. They 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 reconcile in a very, at least for me, a, a sigh of relief. <laughs> um, and they uh, find and then Nate finally fills around saying like, "Hey, you know, Sam and I we were teens. My mom was studying um, Libertalia and also had a fascination in Francis Drake's ancestry, but she died. And you know, Sam and I." tried to break into the house of the person that was like connected to her responsible. And, you know, that didn't go so great. So we, we got arrested and that's how we got shipped to the, uh, the board school. But then that's when they decided to adopt Drake as a surname in her memory, since they knew mm-hmm. that's what she was into. So we kind of get that explanation that there had been teased in three with Marlo bringing up that that wasn't his real last name. Yeah. Just um, going back to like, again, another just incredible, house to explore that it really does. They do a lot of work there to set up, do environmental storytelling. Yeah. And oh gosh, I would love to experience like this house in real life or something like it. Cause it just, it feels unreal in a way, mm-hmm. but they do a good job making it feel like, Oh, this is an aging, insanely rich archeologist. <laughs> this is what <laughs> their house is like. <laughs> And, it, and then we get, oh, uh, looking back on this now, we get sort of the fake out because they, you know, they learn about uh, Avery and the pirates that Avery was killed by his partner after they turned on the everybody else. And then he got screwed over in turn and they save Sam from Rafe. And they kind of I remember thinking that this was the end of the game. Like it's set up as like a big climax of like, oh, we rescued Sam. We're all going to leave now because this is maybe not worth it. And Sam refusing like he's like. I gotta I gotta get this guy's like you know this is all I have basically and so he decides to just ditch you guys and you have to chase after him and it kind of adds another what like few hours to the game it, it reminds me of a uh, without spoiling the last of us two kind of had a fake out like that of like oh I guess we're wrapping this up and you're like oh no we're not <laughs> apparently there's more to go um do you guys think that was the end too because I remember being completely convinced like oh we're done um, I don't know. I think I had a sense that something more was going to happen, but I didn't know what. And mm-hmm. I think I think it is helpful in that moment that Nate finally turns his back on the treasure. You know, he has this conversation with Elena and she's like, look, I'm here now. I came for you, mm-hmm. but also you cannot keep treating me like this because yeah. like you're on thin ice, but also you're just not treating me like your wife, like your partner. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that's like, yeah, I have something better here. I don't, what am I chasing this treasure treasure for constantly? I'm addicted to this thing. I, and I like that he has that moment where he's like, okay, I'm turning. But then just narratively, they had to have some kind of conclusion. It's like, you can't set up this story about this pirate treasure and then not show it to us. (laughs) So I felt like we had to still get it somehow. And however they do that, it's like, oh, well, yeah, Nate has to go rescue his brother. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. yeah it's a good payoff because like 
it was kind of third time it's a charm for Elena because like two and three, she had similar conversation with Native. Like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, is this really worth it? And both times he was like, nah, let's do it. And then this was the time where he's like, no, you're right. This this time, let's let's walk away. And the only reason he gets back is like he's going for Sam, not for the treasure. Yeah. Exactly. And that's more noble reason for him to do that. Mm-hmm. And then just as another aside, too, of we talked about there was all this pressure on Naughty Dog about Nate, Nate Drake was a total sociopath or, you know, there's the talk of Ludo narrative dissonance. Do you remember all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it felt like they were trying to push against that. Like, but at the same time, as much as they positioned Nate as an everyman character in the first game, when you get to know him, he's a little unhinged, right? You know, I know the word crazy has a lot of weight to it and can't just throw it around, but like Nate's a little, off his rocker a little bit right (laughs) i mean you have to be to do like put yourself through what he does you know yeah like how much of an everyman really is he with all the things that he can do um he's not really everyman no i would have had one of his falls and i would have been done that's it no more whoa 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 whoa. (laughs) you're like oh i sprained my ankle once i guess we're going home (laughs) sorry yeah, I went hiking for two minutes. I'm like a little sweaty. No, I'm not into this. <laughs> Gotta ice this. Sorry. Um, so yeah, you know, so this kicks off a whole third act. They chase after Sam. He gets caught by a wraith because he's an idiot. Um, and, Pretty much. And, you know, this kind of kicks off the, the big climax. They find the cave with the ships in it, which, you know, if you've seen the Uncharted movie, see uh, that recreated on the big screen. And then we get uh, a great moment. One of my favorite, most satisfying moments is uh, Rafe getting screwed over by Nadine, which he yep. totally deserves because he kind of tried to blackmail her more or less. Um, and then she's like, "Nah, I'm good. And pretty He's much not having it. Yeah, because Sam triggers a fire because he tries to, he like activates a trap on the ship and basically causes a colossal fire. And then Nadine just leaves Rafe <laughs> to die <laughs> with, the, with the drinks. I mean, that's what I would do. I like that oh, yeah. they do that too because they... Nadine's an interesting character. I feel like we kind of glossed over and didn't talk too much about her, but I, I like Nadine a fair amount. It was just to back up as if, you know, having Nolan North and Troy Baker was enough. They got Laura Bailey too in this game. It's just like, right. come on. Uh, but yeah, Nadine's a really likable character, but she's also super imposing. Just even just physically, there's a scene where isn't it Nate and Sam fight her at once? Yeah. Oh yeah, and she like kicks the crap out of both she of them. Kicks, yep. it, it, I it love reminds, it. Yeah, it reminds me of a. Uh, gosh, it was, I think Lethal Weapon Four. <laughs> Remember that movie with Jet Li, where yeah. Riggs and Mar- Murtar both like, they're looking at him like, okay, uh, this is gonna be hard. Let's <laughs> like it's that feeling of it's two against one, but the two are still in trouble. Like th- these guys cannot take this one person, and I like that. Yeah, see, that's where he feels like an everyman. It was like, you know, you're playing the game. Nate is technically fighting, and, and throughout all the games, he's fighting like trained militiamen. That's what I was gonna and, say. And yeah. as far as we know, we don't see every aspect of his life. Or like, I don't think he's trained formally in anything. He just knows how to throw a punch real good and not get shot. Um, so like, realistically, if you put him up against someone that has like been doing this for maybe years of their whole life, like Nadine, who was like a hardened mercenary like yeah that's exactly how that should go even if there's and two Nadine, of them and Nadine is like welcome to the gun show those arms like you knew he wasn't gonna <laughs> yeah, get like out of that without some bruising yeah like there's no reality where they should take her down hand to hand um so I, I appreciated that um we didn't get the big sword fight at the end which is 
I mean, the bar isn't high for this, but it's the best, I guess, final boss battle, quote unquote, in the Uncharted series. That uh, scimitar duel with you and Wraith and the flaming ship. Sort of by default, just because there's not a lot of good mm-hmm. Uncharted boss battles, which I almost don't really need them. You just have like a final un- set, set piece. piece and I'm good. But I I liked the sword fight fine enough, I guess. Yeah, um, like there's some aspect that's a little silly, but also this series is it is <laughs> but also yeah like it felt appropriate yeah like i i didn't mind it and um you know Rafe gets crushed by a bunch of treasure again very satisfying <clears throat> excuse me and they get out of there and you're saying all... it would be satisfying to get crushed by treasure i mean if i could get crushed by anything treasure's pretty high on the list i think that's how i want to go yeah like the because then people could find my potty and then they'd be rich. your potty well, my crushed body under the... That's where you're going to get crushed? In the potty? <laughs> Is that what I said? The, my body... I thought you said, too. I was like, your potty? I want to get crushed, my body to get crushed on the potty. Are you rapping now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's... I didn't mention where I was going, did I? <laughs> no, you didn't. It's okay. So, yes, at the end, we see Nate and Elena. They head home. Uh, Sully and Sam, though, team up to go on another adventure, which maybe we'll see explored one day, like a Sam and Sully adventure. I don't know. I I wonder if that was their original idea. You know, they did Lost Legacy, which was originally going to be DLC, I think. But I wonder if their original idea for DLC was Sam and Sully, because that feels like totally set up for what was going to be next. I did the Lost Legacy cover story and they they experimented with that as a pair because they were talking about different ideas they had. They had like young Drake brothers as an idea too and they're just pairing up different characters for interesting combinations um but I think they decided that they didn't want to do what was expected with that. Right. I mean that door is always open I guess if they ever want to step through it. Um, and then, uh, uh, but thankfully they don't walk away empty handed because Elena reveals that Sam gave her a bunch of treasure, uh, which is always a nice surprise. Mm -hmm. Uh, she buys the company that Nate was working for and makes him the owner. And she also says that she wants to restart her travel show that she used to have. And cause they kind of realize that they both need adventure in their lives to be happy. Um, it's a good damn wife, by the way. That's some, good wifing. That's some good wifing. That's <laughs> some good wifing. Some good wifing. All about that good wifing. And then, just when you think it's over, we cut to years later where we get a very fun epilogue where we, uh, we find out that Nate and Elena have become successful sal- uh, salvagers. They've got a beautiful beach house. And then the per- uh, per- perspective changes to where you're playing their daughter. Mm-hmm. Who is a teenager named Cassie, and uh, she's voiced by um, oh man, I, her actress just flew out of my head. Uh, but she's a known television actress, like a, a young now you Kate, have me Caitlin Dever. Oh yeah, yeah, Caitlin Dever. There we go. Um, playing Cassie, Cassie Drake, I guess Cassandra Drake. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, she's been in some stuff. I can't name any of them right now. He's just in that <laughs> show called Dope Sick that's really good about the um, Oxycontin pandemic. Okay. Um, but she also had that game coming out with the mother and daughter with Carrie Russell. 
oh my gosh. Oh, a game? Was... The one mm-hmm. with the cartoon aesthetic? Yes. Um, yeah, what is that one called? It's by... Uh... Memories or something. Yeah. <laughs> two, okay. two, something Roads. Oh my gosh, I'm just blanking out. But yes. <laughs> my cat is back to be Uncharted Cat. Um... <laughs> it's but... amazing. She's probably most famous for uh, Last Man Standing. She was the one. Oh yeah, what, she was also in that movie that was like super bad, um, but had the starred the two girls. I oh. thought of Spectacular Now, which is very different from Super Bad. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> but she that's... was in that. <laughs> yeah, I forget the name. Uh, Why did I teacher? remember the name of anything? No, the... not Bad Teacher. Uh, I mean, that's another kind of Rachi. No, like... it was with like Jonah Hill's sister. Oh my god, I didn't this know Jonah Hill had a sister. Bernie, whatever. a mysterious sister I'm just, that died. I'm just, and... Like dropping the knowledge bombs here, and I can't remember the name of anything. Do you mean Jay Edgar, which is she was also in? No, <laughs> I can't believe we're missing this. Oh my god, I'm gonna find this. Book smart. Gonna dr- uh, yes, you know oh, yeah, you. that's what's called. Smart. Yes, thank you. Okay, there we go. That's gonna drive film. me nuts. <laughs> I was like, it was directed by Olivia Wilde, I think, right? Yeah. Yes, sure was. That movie's I was really good. I liked it a lot. There we go. So now that we've told you the filmography of Kate, her life story, yes, her <laughs> life story. Because clearly, I mean, they're going to come back and give her her own game, right? Oh yeah, she's I mean, going to be on the uh, list of video game children that they set up sequels for <laughs> that we never get. That they never do saying, anything right? with, right? Like they're yeah. like, oh, maybe. Right. Um, I mean, I'd do... play that for sure. I would too. Yeah. I think if they let enough time pass. Um, and we can, uh, you know, not have like have some separation from that Drake story. Um, I think it could be, it'd be a good comeback for the series. Yeah. And all you do in this epilogue is just walk around their house and you kind of get to look at all the keepsakes that Nate and Elena have accumulated, including some stuff. I from- love it the old games and she's kind of commenting because she doesn't know any of this like that's kind of the big thing is that they have not told her about she doesn't all know their how adventures cool her parents are yeah you never know how cool your parents well, are you, right? well you can't they can't tell her because then like she can do like she can get away with anything she can be like but you did you went treasure hunting and you you know you did this and yeah. whatever saying they're gonna I, open her room and she's gonna be like climbing on like a wall looking for treasure and exactly. they're like where did you learn this and she's gonna cry and be like i learned it from you dad exactly it would be such a weird life because you'd be spoiled in weird ways you didn't understand mm-hmm. just the fact that you were living basically on a beach in some like tropical island but then you'd you'd get into society and be talking to somebody and be like, oh it's kind of like uh in the matrix or something and you'd be like what's the matrix you know you just like there's things that you have no concept of you don't think they reality. watch movies <laughs> i don't know i'm just like trying to think like there's things that you're not going to be like what's a club sandwich you know something like that <laughs> like you just don't <laughs> do you think have... they live then <laughs> They live on an island without clubs. They're living the eyes. life in that beach house in the middle of the ocean. I'm jealous. They have I... no contact with humans at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, if nothing else, she's gonna be like Eliza Thornberry or something like that. She's gonna be really in tune with like animals and like like history, like or at least ancient history. She's gonna be the nerdy kid in class that are like, oh, let's talk about like Inca ruins, and she's gonna have like firsthand knowledge. Like, oh no, actually, that's not true. This is what it is because my parents went there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shambhala's real. It turns out actually, my my dad's seen it. Um, exactly. But- <laughs> What's a book? 
Sorry, that joke did not land. <laughs> she just pulls out Nate's journal. Like this is all I, my only reference for <laughs> right? books. <laughs> but uh, but they do like she eventually confronts them. Like, hey, what is all this stuff that you guys have? And it, the game ends with Nate and Elena just agreeing to tell her their story. And that's oh my gosh, that's a long story to tell. It's got a lot. Yeah, and then and you have to start playing Uncharted One. That's what they do. They hand her a, a copy of Uncharted 1 and then they let you play Uncharted 1 and Uncharted 4. It's a great payoff. And then, how, ma- how many hours do you think all four games are together? <sighs> Uncharted 4 hmm. is a long game. So you'd have to <laughs> hand it to her and be like, spend like 60, 70 hours hearing I mean, the story. Yeah, at the same time, you can still, you could complete them all in a week if you were dedicated. You think he like Nate described every combat encounter to her that he ever entered, and like, and then I stepped into this one room and there was five guys, and I shot them all in the head, and then zombies showed up. Dad, come on! It's like it's all just him exaggerating the stuff that's like supernatural. Yeah, met a guy that was a Nazi one time. He said he was proud of me. <laughs> that was weird. And yeah, that is Uncharted Four, and I think the only thing we have not touched on, we can do it. What's quick, a Nazi? Is- and that's why they live in an island <laughs> isolated from humanity that's right um but i think the last thing we have not touched on uh per the course for all these games is the multiplayer i did not play the multiplayer oh. in this game at all even though i love twos and only sort of dabbled in threes did you guys play uncharted force multiplayer do you remember it no i mean same same boat i played i played twos i played some of three less definitely less and then nothing of four i don't know why it trended that way because by all accounts the the multiplayer just continued to get better right that was my understanding is it felt like their multiplayer was just getting better yeah it had like you could have up to 10 players in it um you know you're playing different characters and stuff i had like a i think five game types um so they definitely jacked it up in terms of like features there was like a death match there was a sort of a capture point thing uh i don't i i don't know if it caught on like i have no sense of like oh. is there a cult following for this mode that people love I know this people or not that got really into it but for me when i play a game like uncharted i don't play it like you know how there's all this was the time when there's a lot of debate going on with games it's like a lot of single player games oh they need some form of multiplayer because otherwise once you're done with them you know there's nothing there's no way that they earn their value or you know it's crazy those you know those times of like extending the shelf life of games and i'm like i love my single player experiences i play this for the story um the gameplay like while i liked like the adrenaline rush i just never felt like i needed a multiplayer mode in um uncharted but i know people who really like i said got into it and i'm sure if like i don't know if i didn't I don't know. I just I, I keep thinking back on it. I'm like, I don't know if any other circumstance I would have played it um, or really got into it because of the fact that, like, I just I went to the game for the characters in narrative. And yeah, outside of that. But like I said, maybe if I were living on a tropical island and I didn't have any movies, <laughs> then I would have been more. Inclined I was going to say I didn't, I didn't have any other multiplayer games to play. And I was like, oh, that's kind of mean to say. I didn't mean it like that. Well, I mean, this, this is, came out the same year as Overwatch. I was so. just going to say, go back to this is the same year as Overwatch. So that dominated. That yeah, I was year. playing that for. Yeah. The coolest thing I've seen about this multiplayer is that you could get superpowers based on objects from the previous game. So there was like an Eldorado power and like a Sentamani stone power. 
well, that's kind of a cool callback. But yeah, I mean, let us know if you know if you're a fan of Uncharted yeah. 4 multiplayer. Hit us up. It doesn't seem Do like any of us really. Set when they closed like servers down or something, like it was a a thing. Probably. I remember, I remember a news story, like we we had a news story or something about that, and people were like, "So I think there is a fan base," is what I'm saying, and like feel free, but like that for me, anyways, that's not you know. I never got into it. Yeah. No, I mean, you're probably right, just because there's always going to be people that get upset when it happens. But that is Uncharted 4, you know? Hey, yo. It is, uh, as, well, not the final Uncharted game, but I guess the final Uncharted game for now, starring Nathan Drake. This is sort of his swan song for the for the character in that main cast. Uh, sold over 2.7 million within the first week, which uh, at the time made it the fastest selling first party playstation 4 game that's pretty good grossed over 56 million in digital sales and of course was up for a lot of uh game of the year awards uh you know didn't make it with us but you know definitely top 10 and i say to someone that was not there i assume it was please tell me it was well i was yeah. we were doing the hot 50 back then but yeah, yeah we, we did. were it was under like, 50 yeah i bet I it would have made top 10 even it probably would have made the top 10 even yeah well, i remember right. reiner gave it a nine five which yeah. is a great score. Great that game. Is. Absolutely. And that is yeah. fine ending. Mm-hmm. Like most of the time when a game is closing out something like Nathan Drake's story, um, a character that's so beloved, I think my worry going into it was like, am I going to like where this ends up? Is it going to feel, you know, like a good conclusion? And I know you guys discussed like three felt like a good conclusion to you. It would have been fine. But I really like this it ended in like the most like cheesy like you know but a heartwarming way that you wanted it to you wanted a happy ending for this story and you wanted to see some growth with nathan drake and i feel like that's what uncharted 4 did really well and why i love it so much um compared to the other games absolutely as we kind of wrap things up here, uh, like I said, this is my favorite Uncharted game. I I love it. I think, Kim, you nailed on it. I think it's one of the best send-offs of, mm-hmm. like, a game character and, and for a series. Like, I walked away completely satisfied. Like, I don't need any more of this. Of course, we got another game, though, different. I take we'll another. About that next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and Naughty Dog has a way of making me satisfied with their series endings and then announcing a new one that makes me go, I don't want that. And then it comes out, I'm like, oh, actually, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was glad you made this. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank Last, you for knowing better than me. Exactly. Giving me what I didn't know I wanted. Uh, ben, do you have any final thoughts? No, I mean, Uncharted 4, like I said, it's my favorite in the series. It's one that I keep going back to. I I love replaying all of these to some degree, except for uh, what Golden Abyss, but because <laughs> you don't want to have to charge up your Vita, is what you're saying. That's right. That's the only reason. Yeah, they're, they're great games, and um, I don't know if for some reason you've listened to this whole episode and have not played Uncharted Four. We've spoiled the heck sure. out of it, but I think you will still enjoy it. So go check that out. Yeah. All right, and thanks for listening to this week's video gameography. Uh, you can follow the us. On Twitter, I am at Marcus Stewart Seven. That is the number seven on Twitter. I am at Benjamin Reeves on Twitter. I am at K Star Seventeen Eighty Five. Boom, 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 boom. Add in some punch there. Go with. Do you the spell boom booms. the booms out? Yeah, you need to do the boom booms, or it's. Not- <laughs> I'm not anymore. Wow. Okay. I'm yeah. gonna clip that sound. You need to do the boom booms. <laughs>
It's oh, a good man. out of context sound clip. Yeah, I know. That's what I was just thinking in my head. I'm like, oh gosh, that won't come back to haunt me at all. But <laughs> well, there you have it, guys. Thank you for uh, listening. We'll be back next week for the final game in our Uncharted series. It will be Uncharted Lost Legacy, perhaps. The biggest change-up for the series, you know, first game without Nathan Drake whatsoever, and it should be a fun discussion. So until then, keep on thieving. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, boom. Do the boom, booms. <laughs>